This episode is brought to you by Fortis et Fidelis, honoring the brave and faithful service of our fallen. The free will never forget. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Radian Dionisio. Uh, today, I'm joined by a Navy veteran, and he's also the founder and creator of Well Past 40, also an author of the book Kaboomer, uh, and also a grandparent, proud grandparent, uh, Dave Frost. How are you doing, Dave? Living the dream, Raiden. Thanks so much for uh, taking part of your day to chat with me <laughs> well thank you for uh for taking taking the time to share your story uh, you know before we get started and talking about well past 40 and the book can you just share with our audience a little bit about your service in the navy um how long you served for what you did and things like that oh sure try to make it brief i have been around a few blocks a few times so i'll try to <laughs> try to do the reader's digest came from a service family like many of your listeners i'm sure my dad was a navy guy uh, in the World War II and Korean ages. My grandfather, both grandfathers served in the Army. My uncle is a proud Army um, retiree. And now here I am next in line as a Navy retiree. So I was commissioned as a midshipman in the United States Navy on 30 June 1971, just 50 years ago. So uh, <laughs> if I sound a little gnarly, I am old and gnarly. But uh, uh, so I, was, I had four wonderful years at the Naval Academy, learning how, uh, how to uh, lead and how to handle technology, how to work with people. I was commissioned in the surface warfare community. I was in charge of nuclear weapons. My kids think it's really funny that I they sometimes think I am a little sloppy that uh, I was in charge of nuclear weapons and never lost any. So that was a good thing. I was also very pleased. I never had to use any, um, but hopefully some of your listeners are like me that uh, were ready to uh, fire, but never had to fire in times of conflict. Um, so being in the Navy, I was a little more remote than some of your listeners for um, running to the sound of guns, but uh, I served on active duty on ships and, and staffs in frigates, minesweepers, and uh, operational staffs until President Clinton signed my uh, get out of the blue suit um, papers in 1997. So it's been a while since I've been on active duty, tried to stay involved, um, working as a uh, missions rep for the Naval Academy, supporting wounded warriors in rowing programs, and trying to give a little back for so many that have done so much. So hopefully that was short enough, Raiden. <laughs> So you, uh, you joined, you said 71 and retired in 97. I mean, that's 20, almost 30 years of service, right? Um, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of growth, transition, change, not just in the Navy, but within the military. Like what, what was some of your biggest takeaway? Like what are some of the biggest changes you've uh, experienced during that time? Well, if I can mention one thing, and I'm sure all Navy veterans were tremendously saddened by having a Navy ship burn at the pier. Bonham Richard, a great name, back all the way back to John Paul Jones. As President Kennedy said when he addressed the Naval Academy graduating class in 1961, John Paul Jones said, it gave me a fast ship for I intend to go into harm's way. And we lost a capital ship of America's Navy pier side. So um, that 
that is something that I just have to mention because it bothers me so much. And yet what I've seen is ships named after folks like um, some, maybe some of your listeners did a Murph on Memorial Day. God bless yeah. the folks that did a Murph and God bless Daniel Patrick Murphy for doing what he did as a Navy SEAL uh, to earn the Medal of Honor and have a Navy ship named after him. So in some ways I'm kind of um, beating around the bush that some things change, but some things don't. Uh, the, uh, the Navy is built on people first, technology and gray things second. And yeah, some things change, um, but um, an awful lot doesn't. Trust doesn't change, honor doesn't change, ethics don't change, character doesn't change. So ships may change, um, but you know, the oceans haven't gotten any smaller. The world, in my opinion, hasn't gotten any more peaceful. So I am so thankful that we have violent people guarding over us so that we can sleep well at night. Mm. It's, I hope we'll always have folks that will run to the sound of the guns because their nation calls. It's just, um, you know, uh, here right after Memorial Day and right before the, what, the 56 and 21, 79 years after D-Day, uh, just a tremendously um, opportune time to chat about service and, and honor folks that um, uh, do their best in, in, in the midst of change. So I didn't really answer what's changed. <laughs> Ships are faster, sailors are brighter. I know that because <laughs> they are, uh, but uh, <laughs> technology has changed, but you know, the sea is there, missions are there. Strategy is always the same. Um, everyone listens to Mahan from over a century ago. Operations may change a little, tactics may change and enemies may change, uh, but I kind of like it that America's the world's policeman and hopefully we'll stay that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, to your point, a lot of things change, right? But it boils down to the people and the, the people who, who man the ships, who, who man the rails and things like that, right? It all boils down to the Americans who are, like you said, the violent people that are guarding uh, our nation right now out there, uh, where, wherever they are. So, um, you know, I appreciate you for, for sharing that. Um, and I might offer as well that, you know, I learned early on that the military is a wonderful melting pot for society. You know, that airplane uh, is colorblind. It doesn't care what the color of a pilot or a crewman's skin is. Neither does the ship. So, yes, there's stories about um, inequ inequities and, and so on. But I think the military has done a pretty darn good job of blending, representing the fabric of America. Uh, with the folks that, that wear the uniform, number one, and number two, and that goes for all uh, walks of life and all um, ethnic backgrounds. The second thing is, I think we're a better Navy with uh, women in it. Um, it's, uh, I was in a time of service, you know, generations change and things do change, back to your earlier question, Raiden. I think that the balance brought to leadership operations and tactics in the military is better because women are now much more um, involved than they were in my day, uh, half a century ago. So those are powerful things. The military, I think, has done a not a perfect job because it's a big organization, uh, but uh, I think it's done a darn good job at uh, looking at DE&I, and I think it's done a darn good job of uh, blending in uh, the service of uh, gender. So for what it's worth, there's some very positive changes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that with inclusivity uh, with uh, doesn't matter the gender, uh, culture, ethnicity, anything like that. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, so Dave, going back to your transition, you know, it's been over, 
what did I say, 24 years since you've been <laughs> <Yes>. out. Uh, <laughs> how, what, what would you say, like, what was the biggest difference trans transitioning then to how maybe some of the experiences that our veterans or, or, or military members are having now with their transition? Yeah, what a powerful question. And, and I guess there are a lot of facets to an answer. But one of the things is you kind of have to choose what you're after COVID. Thank goodness we're crawling out of this gap here. Right. But uh, folks that are perhaps going back to the office or even working from home, you kind of have to choose what you're going to wear to work. <laughs> For the years of service, you were kind of told what you were going to wear to work. So that's right. one thing. Uh, you don't get three squares a day. Nobody's, well, maybe somebody's going to inspect your bed if you have a demanding partner. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, some things tactically do change. Your battle rhythm changes. Maybe you were, you had three squares a day, but you're not a breakfast person. Maybe you're a night hawk. So adapting to your own business rhythm and battle rhythm is very important. You kind of did the organizational thing in an amazing way for the years of service. Now you're kind of in charge of your own destiny, um, you know, and, and that relates to fitness, wellness, and lifestyle. So those are things that some people are very comfortable branching out, but there's some people that really like the structure. I would offer that most jobs, unless they're first responder or some sectors uh, are not as, if you will, organized for, uh, be here at this time, do this and that sort of thing. So it is more independence. I think folks uh, hopefully can find a happy blend of that organizational rigor that they lived under, yet find their own autonomy, mastery, and purpose as they forge ahead in the next chapter of their lives of service. Uh, easy, easily said, hard to do, but I think it starts with just realizing it's a new chapter. The page is turned and things are a little bit different in some ways. Start start from the bottom to the top. Tactically, you know, you can still make your bed just like Admiral McRaven told right, us, right. make your bed, uh, but uh, Iraq. Uh, but um, from there on, there's a lot more um, independence and a lot more ability to um, do things your way in the way that you see fit. So um, bottom to top, uh, just realize that some things are going to change. Like you got to make your own coffee if you're a coffee drinker. So uh, operationally, golly, I don't think uh, now, particularly with telecommuting, folks don't move as much as they did in their life of uniform service. And that's okay. Certainly with the price of homes in your home state and my adopted state of California, it's getting darn expensive to move here. So luckily folks can uh, hopefully work remotely and have the best of both worlds, have a, a lifestyle you can live comfortably. Uh, I mean, one of the platitudes that maybe you've heard and I'd love to share, one of the, one of the classic uh, career transition remarks is do what you love, love what you do and figure out how to keep the lights on. And if you are, um, if someone is intent on living in a big city of LA, that person better understand what it's gonna cost with the sunshine tax to live in LA. Uh, state taxes are high. You don't have the benefit of free uh, car registration, uh, car tags like you do in the military. And you don't have the benefit. Uh, some retirees do have the benefit of living in, in tax protected states, but California is not one of those. So uh, be aware of where you're gonna drop anchor 
or, or park your uh, tank. <laughs> um, but um, just know that uh, there was a lot of tax-free income for folks in uniform. And uh, there's not a lot of tax-free income um, when you get out and you're on your own, either working for yourself or working for a small, medium or large corporation. Not as much free lunch. Never, never was free lunch. You earned every meal that we ate in the military, but, um, but that is a little different. Um, it, it costs more to live. So, so going back to your uh, transition, Dave, um, you know, like, like we mentioned, you served over for 26 years. Was there a specific time when you were transitioning? Was there any like challenges? What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome? And how did you overcome those moments? Really a great question. I was pretty newlywed. Um, we had a couple years together uh, when I was on active duty. When you mentioned earlier my combined service because that was a midshipman uh, commission service and then reserve service. So active duty and then reserve. But when we were on active duty, my wife and I moved a couple times uh, and we did not have kids. So um, here's a, you know, every, uh, veteran is different. So we were um, double income, no kids. Uh, we were able to establish a home in San Diego and we we're each able to find work at that point. Uh, so that that's okay. So we didn't have the very exciting baggage of kids and things like that to, to worry about. So again, I would stress that each of your listener who is transitioning has a different situation. You just have to rack and stack uh, what you have working for you and factors that might be almost takeaways when you think about cost of living, uh, how many mouths you have to feed, uh, what your goals are for perhaps saving for college education, those sorts of things. So um, the biggest challenge in mine was uh, making sure that my wife and I were leaving on the same train, <laughs> uh, that you know we we're all aboard the same train with the same mission. Uh, and uh, she and I, um, She's a Scorpio and I'm a Pisces. And uh, in some ways we're, we complement each other very well, but in some ways we have different ideas. So if, for those of your listeners who uh, do have life partners or spouses, uh, make sure that you're on the same train and talk often about shared, not, you don't have to agree on everything, but at least right. talk out um, goals and desires. Um, because uh, in my case, shifting from um, guarding our nation against the Russians was a big deal um, from my first job when I was analyzing weapons systems. So I transitioned into defense and aerospace, and yet it's not quite as heady as guarding nuclear weapons or leading a, uh, a, a division of 30-something um, sailors, in my case. So it's really good to talk things out. Uh, and if, and, and if um, even if uh, folks are bachelors or bachelorettes, it's really good to talk to someone. You shouldn't feel that you're alone and have to do everything yourself. And by all means, if, if uh, even if you're on your own, uh, make sure your family members understand where you think you're headed. And know that, you know, you can change destinations. Not everything is a nonstop. I mean, I don't think many of our parents um, had, well, maybe a lot of our parents had a single employer. Um, and I know I've had many employers since I left the, uh, the Navy and that's been good. You know, life has been full of different experiences and big gulps, uh, but none of them were as big gulp as the Navy was. So uh, that is a come down in some ways where you're not leading 30 people in mission critical time sensitive missions. Uh, you're not deployed and away from home. When I was deployed, we didn't have email, 
we didn't have Zoom and Skype. Um, but in some ways, we learned how to write letters and we learned how uh, to live in separate lives. And, and, and the good news is we use technology now so that um, deployed people are able to uh, live a little closer to home and at least, you know, hear little ones growing up and I miss you, mommy, or I miss you, daddy. Uh, we didn't have that, but in some ways, I was just fine with that. You know, you single up and you leave, it's a deployment. And you hope that, you know, you hope when you get home, um, your loved ones are waiting for you. So um, get everybody on board, talk a lot with what, and we have so many support organizations, the Veterans Administration. Here in San Diego, we have a 211. We have a very vital uh, taxpayer underwritten uh, veterans uh, committee at the county. So there's, there's support networks, and sometimes it may be a little hard to navigate and find them. But please, uh, never, 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 never think you're alone. You know, you're not a sniper. You're a member of a, you're a member of a powerful team. You know. So. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point you uh, you bring up, uh, Dave. Um, especially if you're married, right? You want to make sure, like you said, you're on the same train. You're on the same ride in life, right? Um, you know, even if uh, you know your significant other has different aspirations. You want to make sure you communicate what your what your goals are and what you want to accomplish because you know um, you want to make sure you have the support that you need um, in order for you to, to pursue um, whatever goal that that may be. Uh, so. Very much so, and 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 I would have to look back in retrospection and say the chemistry. Uh, the result is the same a happy you know happy wife happy life in my case you know yeah. being a guy and uh my wife doesn't do anything or i don't do anything drastic in the next month it'll be 46 years of bliss um, but th there really is something uh and a lot i see about what how do you get through a covid period um deployed or not deployed how do you get through uh in a tough situation like that and, and the best answer is you do it together uh and um it's just uh, it's a lot of work, you know, the old platitude about if you give 70, if you think you give 75% of the relationship, you're probably doing okay, you know, <laughs> because your, your significant other also thinks that he or she has given 75%. Right. So somehow you come to 50-50, sometimes you win, sometimes I wouldn't call it a loss, I would just say it's a, it's a mutual uh, outcome, not a win or a loss, it's an outcome, so. There you go. Want to support an active duty owned brand? Head over to fortis-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help Fortis at Fidelis and honoring the brave and faithful. There you go. Uh, so for those of you guys just joining in, talking to Dave Frost, um, author, also trainer. How did, so let's talk about that. You transitioned out of the Navy. How did you come about being uh, a trainer and then also writing the book, uh, authoring the book, Kaboomer? All righty. Well, I left active duty in 97 and was involved in uh, businesses as small as 
one <laughs> as an <laughs> entrepreneur. And I used to joke about it being a large disadvantaged business, but I had some wonderful years, years with Lockheed Martin Corporation and I'm a pensioner. So I, that was in joking, if any corporate fathers of Lockheed Martin are listening, I really enjoyed my time with Lockheed Martin. Uh, but uh, corporate America also looks at, they, uh, there's more, I believe there's more admiration now for age and treachery. If you have gray hair, you're not put out to pasture. <laughs> and yet the way my chapters evolved and what I did, the more senior I got, the more weekends and nights I was working on proposals instead of doing uh, other things. And that became in my own equation not as uh, fruitful, not as rewarding, not as much purpose as I wanted. So I decided to say, what, what are my passions? Again, back to that, do what you love, love what you do, and try to make enough to live on. I've always been, um, the military did, the, well, Boy Scouts, but then the military made me believe that you can perform better when you're fit. And I was honored to be a, uh, a rower at the Naval Academy, and I was lucky enough to become a marathoner on my shore duty with the Navy in the running craze of the 70s and early 80s. And I was able to maintain that uh, focus on fitness as a vital ingredient to overall wellness um, early on. Uh, September 11th, uh, 2001, I found myself in London with a herniated disc and I uh, was not feeling very good about myself. But then uh, I think you, everyone knows and everybody remembers the exact moments when they heard about the terrible towers in Shanksville and the Pentagon. So here I am on a Tuesday morning in London, stranded from my family, not knowing what's happened to them. Our daughter was in, at Harvard and of course, Boston was where two of the planes took off from. So a uh, little disconcerting to be five or six time zones away from loved ones and not know what's going on. But uh, my point is that was a phoenix. America rose from the ashes, although we're still engaged in the global war on terror and the long war that hopefully someday will um, end. Uh, but in my own uh, personal condition, I was uh, really concerned about my family and I was really concerned about um, my sciatica. Uh, this herniated, this was causing uh, a major impact on my life. And I decided I better learn about how to overcome that after surgery and, and rehab. So uh, peacetime injury, not what many of your listeners have done in, in combat, but I was a little banged up uh, and I learned, had to learn how to overcome a little bit of adversity. And the more I learned, the more I realized uh, being fit and uh, being a competitor maybe some of my lessons I could help other people on their journeys to thrive and strive to hopefully party past 90, hopefully to beat the social security actuarial uh, numbers that say, Dave Frost, you're going to be dead at age 85. Well, not to challenge the social security, but to challenge the social security numbers. It's my intent to make that an untrue statement. And in fact, there are many useful calculators, which I would strongly recommend to your listeners to check how you're doing in lifestyle. Simple things like flossing your teeth, wearing your seatbelt, not smoking, simple yet hard things. You might be a centenarian. That's a long time. So your listeners have to prepare for the long haul, hoping that you're going to make it. And of course, if all goes well, depending on your life goals, you're going to um, have a little left uh, in your estate for your kiddos and your um, those that are still on the planet when you check out, 
or if you want to uh, just die on the day with no money left, that's up to you. Uh, but do know that um, because of technology and overall, even though obesity, COVID, uh, mortality statistics are up, unfortunately, uh, but for most of us, and particularly the military, I think um, we're better than a little bit better than average Americans for longevity. And I would encourage folks to accept that and learn how to make the most of their years. So very long winded answer. I wrote a book, Kaboomer, mm -hmm. which talks about what I believe is physical banking, not fiscal. This is not 401 or retirement accounts. This is putting into your physical stores, your mind, your body, your gut, your nerves um, to live longer and live better. So uh, I believe that a model of strength, stability, stamina, stretching, clean sustenance, restorative sleep, and stressing not are the ingredients that will help you thrive and strive. And hopefully I give a lot of science-based and sweat-backed evidence in Kaboomer to help people understand that Hey, I see where this guy's coming from. He's writing. He's a 68-year young uh, boomer who, um, you know, he's lucky enough to be a world champion in a couple of rowing events. And uh, hey, he kind of gets it. So I'm trying to help other people get it to do that little bit extra, to take steps two at a time instead of taking two pills at a time. Um, uh, discretionary pills, of course. Some of our listeners certainly have some very, 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 very valid reasons for taking prescription meds. Uh, but we do know that OxyContin is, <laughs> I think more people have died from um, opioids than they have from COVID. So something doesn't sound right about that. So if we can encourage people to live a uh, wholesome, uh, active and uh, positive lifestyles, maybe polypharmacy becomes less of an issue. So Kaboomer has been out for a year and I've been trying to stop strangers and just uh, kind of listen well and see uh, how they're doing in their lifestyle. Uh, are they stressed? Cortisol is one of the most evil things going, but it's just a it's just a chemical and we can control it. We can control it with exercise. We can control it with breathing. We can mitigate it with uh, restorative sleep. And, um, and, um, and if you can kind of flip, uh, as we mentioned earlier, you and I both mentioned the thrill of running to the sound of the guns uh, that's a young person's game, <laughs> and we don't want we don't want that adrenaline rush too often uh, in in our encore years where I am. So we definitely want to learn how to mitigate cortisol. It leads to weight gain. It leads to many many problems. Unfortunately, it can lead to uh, alcohol abuse. So cortisol, uh, when our adrenal system uh, sees fight or flight too often, bad things happen. So Kaboomer tries to get encourage people to think about fun and frenzy and frolicking more than fight and flight, you know? So I want you to eat well. I want you to have fun. Uh, certainly as people get older, sexual health is a big deal too. Uh, that's a lot more important unless a great white shark is burying down on you in the Atlantic or the Pacific when you're out uh, playing. So uh, cortisol and your adrenaline rush is a good thing, but not all the time. It's, it's life threatening. So, uh, that's my view. Again, I stress that it's it's, it's science backed, uh, science based, and sweat backed. I don't write it if I don't do it myself. And I would hope that people would take a good look at physical banking to have a portfolio that's going to last them long and last them well. Physical banking, strength, stability, stamina, stretching, clean sustenance, restorative sleep, and stress not.
Yeah, I love that. I wrote, I wrote it down. Physical banking, I love that terminology. And then you also mentioned party past 90. And, uh, you know, talking more about the book, Kaboomer, what is, how would you define a Kaboomer? Uh, kaboomer. Well, um, to President Obama's credit, if you if you Dr. Googled Kaboomer, you'll find that President Obama used the term Kaboomer in a speech, but he didn't trademark it. <laughs> so, um, so uh, I'm a I'm a baby boomer. I'm smack dab in the middle of 75 million Americans born between 46 and 64, uh, and we're we should be in our encore years. Um, you know, our government is offering many of us Medicare and Social Security stipends as part of the great society. So these should be our encore years, and yet we find that metabolic syndrome, diabetes, uh, um, chronic pain, arthritis, things that might be diet-related, might be lifestyle-related, might be genetic, and I acknowledge that. But isn't it interesting that something like 20% of all cancers are lifestyle-driven? or environmental toxins that we face, unfortunately, you know, plastics and uh, things like that. Uh, but um, we, can, we can do better. We can do better, and it doesn't take a lot. And golly, uh, people feel better when they move. Motion is lotion. Uh, Queen Elizabeth just lost her husband of many years, Prince Philip, at the age of 99. Prince Philip was working out until he had that cardiac problem. Uh, and uh, Queen Elizabeth, after, uh, you know, the, are you going to abdicate the throne and give it to your son to lead uh, the Commonwealth? And she said, when you stop, you drop. So uh, don't stop. Motion is lotion. Uh, resistance training is great medicine. I just encourage people to put themselves first, and particularly in the 40s didn't check your, your, uh, your decade uh, on the planet, but particularly in the 40s, you find that job stressors, and here we're talking about people perhaps getting out of the military after a successful career in the military. That's when a lot of wheels can start to get wobbly. You start to say, well, I'll work out tomorrow, or yeah, I know I was gonna work out this morning like I did in the military, but I got a Zoom meeting at 7 a.m. local time. We let life get ahead of us, and that is so wrong. But we've all done it. I've done right. it. Well, maybe not all, but nearly all of us have been there, done that. And it, it is something we can control. The Stoics in ancient Greece and, and Rome um, realized that um, it was very important to recognize what you can control and take care of those things and then kind of accept what you can't control. In some ways, the military was a very stoical experience for us. Uh, there were things that we were told to do, and whether or not we thought they were the right thing to do, aye, it was the right thing to do because we were told to do it. Uh, but when you're on your own, uh, making everyday decisions about what I can control, what I can't control, and not sweating too much what I can't control, I think is a very valuable way to look at mission success in life after service. So... So for, for those, maybe, you know, we have, we might have kaboomers that are listening. Uh, what would, what would your advice be for, for those, you know, who are in their sixties, uh, maybe late fifties and things like that. What would your advice be for them as, as kaboomers to. All righty. Wonderful question. Thank you, Raiden. Uh, the first thing is I would ask everyone and I can send you um, uh, the URL, but I believe this is accurate. Living to 100 and that's 100.com okay. 
forward slash calculator. See where you are. And with a candid, very quick, very uh, uh, anonymous uh, online survey developed by Dr. Thomas Pearls, you might find out that you might be looking at a lifespan that's 100 years long. Let's hope it's 100 good years, right? Everyone dreads. It's very interesting. People my age don't worry about dying. They worry about poor quality of life as they approach the ultimate uh, checking out. Uh, that's been uh, written time and again, and I believe it to be true from experiencing my own parents, my parents and in-laws uh, from the greatest generation, all dying in their 90s. Um, they, uh, they were concerned and we became concerned about quality of life, palliative care, and the stress is caused for first responders like us uh, when our greatest generation was winding down, becoming senescent and having sarcopenia. So first thing is take a, take a, a benchmark look. Second thing, uh, although it's fitness related, go to the Mayo Clinic and find out how you do on well-validated measures for longevity, grip strength. How quickly do I walk a mile? What is my sit reach? Can I get up from the ground without using my hands called the sit to rise test? Uh, how many uh, press-ups or pull-ups can I do? Those are fairly simple. So what I worry about is people in denial. Well, I used to do push-ups. Well, what do you do now? Well, I don't do push-ups now. Well, that's a mark of longevity. What's your grip strength? Well, why'd I, why would I worry about that? Well, unless you don't open jars on occasion or try to open a, a adult beverage top, um, you have to worry about grip strength. And oh, by the way, it's validated. If you have a strong grip, a mighty grip, it generally means if you get sick, you're going to recover from it because your constitution will support that. Hopefully, it also means that your immunity is good. Uh, as we know from this terrible COVID experience, it was very unique. Very fit people died. But as a, as a macro statistic, if your immunity was up, you could handle the cytokines. And in fact, cytokines, we like cytokines. Uh, Exercise-induced inf inflammation from cytokines is what leads to growth and restoration. Cytokines. cytokines, yeah, there are these little chemical messengers. Uh, one uh, is a trigger. It says, "Whoa, that you know, Raiden's doing. Uh, he's working out. He's going to be sore tomorrow." Okay, that's one. And then the body gets a signal of a cytokine. It says, "Wow, we better send some uh, some fuel to those cells to rebuild, restore." And oh, by the way, we better whisper that you better get some sleep yeah. <laughs> so that you can rebuild and restore. So there's it's a it's a loaded issue, but I think people have heard the term cytokine storm. But cytokine is not a dirty word. It's a little protein. Uh, it's a family of many proteins. Our bodies have probably thousands of proteins I couldn't even write the formula for. But just to know that uh, cytokines are not necessarily evil. Inflammation is not necessarily a bad thing. That's why we exercise is to be a slightly inflamed so that when we recover with the right flows and, and restoration, we're a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, sleep a little better, don't stress as much. So um, a little knowledge is power. And hopefully in Kaboomer, I offered uh, layman's, but layman's plus uh, knowledge, again, science-backed and, and sweat-based that can help people understand what they might hear. Unfortunately, there's a tremendous amount of, pardon the expression, crap about fitness. You know, take this elixir or eat this magic seed and you're going to lose three pounds overnight. Uh, you know, P.T. Barnum said there was a sucker born every minute. Uh, I hate to say it, but one... Um, 
uh, there's no free lunch and there's no fast track uh, to fitness, wellness, weight loss. Uh, you have to do the work and you should do the work. It should be a journey. Even if there was a magic potent, I wouldn't take it. I'd want to earn leanness. I'd want to earn longevity. So back to your question, take an inventory, living to 100 calculator. Second, how do you do in valid longevity markers? And third, start small, pick goals that you can achieve and start now. Never too early, never too late. People in their 80s can still build strength in the major muscle groups. We're going to shrivel a little as we get older. It happens. We can't avoid it. Yeah. naturally maybe someday you know um science will let us uh beat sarcopenia uh, loss of flesh uh, but we can defer it and we we've learned our brains recover uh, the salk institute here in san diego has a fancy term neuroplasty we can develop brain cells if we exercise them you know and we can fend off dementia related diseases if we move oxygen is life we know that you know we're not fungi we need oxygen so by moving we uh we fan uh, the fires and and keep moving so that's why i wrote kaboomer i learned a lot and i and sometimes i uh i've been told that i try to tell people how the watch works and telling them what time it is but i felt it was important to give enough science-based how the watch works so that they can uh be more um more uh uh accurate label readers uh you know i i say if it isn't fresh don't buy it but occasionally we do buy boxed products or, or frozen products read labels understand macronutrients understand micronutrients understand how important water is uh in our livelihood half of our body is water if we don't replenish it fatigue and worse things happen so um that's why the book yeah Audiobook is eight hours long and it's a 308 page book because there's a lot to share and it, it and it and you know it doesn't go a mile deep because I would put people to sleep. Uh, but I hope uh, each chapter of the seven chapters strength stability stamina stretching don't stress sustenance restore to sleep is about an hour read and the idea is to get people excited about getting started, regardless of your age, regardless of your how banged up you are regardless if you've been diagnosed with parkinson's or ms i have never 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 seen a general study that said that exercise is counterindicated for a physical or medical condition we're animals we move we're not plants we're not fungi we got to move so move yeah. folks yeah i love that advice i mean like just going back to your first couple points just finding your baseline right Try, trying to get that foundation start that foundation uh, make sure you have a solid foundation and finding out, you know, a baseline where you can kind of start from and, you know, and kind of develop uh, your goals, your goals from there. Right. Uh, so I think that's, that's important. And then like, like to your point, like, as long as we're above ground, like it's never too late to do anything. Amen. So, great, great um, way to summarize it. You know, if you're I, consuming oxygen and you're moving, it's a good day to be alive. As I yeah. say, any day that ends in Y is a good day to move. So it, uh, yeah, whatever that may be that you want to do, you know, you want to run a marathon, you want to complete an obstacle course, uh, you want to, you know, what, whatever that goal that may be, right? Like, as long as you're above ground, you still can move, you're still able to function, like, go for it. Do That's it. it. Get out there. <laughs> and as, as, 
you reach your encore years like I am, Raiden, um, it, it's a reality check. I'm not going to be as fast or as strong yeah, yeah. or as vital as I was when I was a college kid. You know, my testosterone levels were higher. My heartbeat was higher. Uh, probably my body fat was a little lower, but life changes. And that's a good thing, right? Because we gain the felicities of age. We gain experiences. And yes, our bodies change. And yet we don't have to concede early aging. In fact, I believe that we're learning enough to be able to what is now called super aging by doing natural things like moving, mm, yeah. getting enough sleep, not stressing and working out, both resistance training and stamina training motion is medicine. And uh, maybe you'll find that you're going to beat the social security statistics like I hope to do. Uh, one more question before we go into our second segment here, uh, Dave, you know what, a lot of people who might, you know, are getting to that age, right, they're getting older. Why do they use that excuse for not to not trying anything different or like not going for their specific goal? Um, too old. Like, why, why is that like always an excuse? A, a loaded question and a simple yet hard answer, I believe. George Burns smokes cigars, which I don't recommend, but if maybe, you know, for your daughter's wedding, your son's wedding or whatever, uh, that's not smoking, that's celebration. Uh, but George Burns had a good life. He laughed a lot, which is very important. Laughing and hugging and humming, believe it or not, laughing Hugging and humming are very, very, very important for aligning your body, uh, blowing off the small stuff that can hassle you in life. Uh, but George Burns lived to over 100. So did Bob Hope. Jack Lane didn't quite make it. Some of your listeners may be too young to remember this guy in spandex who had all these vital women around him. He was the first guy to advocate in a uh, public way weight training for women. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And I, uh, strong is a new skinny for both men and women. You know, it's good to be lean, but it's much better to have muscle because muscle, again, you got to move your joints and muscles are what move joints. And um, uh, he lived to 96. His epitaph reads, it's better to wear out than rust out. And if you think of cortisol and bad things happening is rust, inflammation is rust. Uh, you think about clean diet and exercise to wear out someday. And yet uh, we have learned there's really only two ways to extend how often your, the life of the, your cells, how often um, they regenerate. One is to go into space. Uh, Kelly, one of the twins that went into space for a year, came back and his telomeres, that's the shoelaces on the end of your DNA in each of your cells, uh, were longer. The only other way to lengthen your telomeres naturally than going into space is to exercise. It's the way to offset this thing called senescence. It's the way to offset zombie cells. They don't really die, but they just kind of clog up your system and cause inflammation and disease and things. And guess how we do? We offset zombies, which I've never watched those zombie things on TV. <laughs> they don't interest me, yeah. but zombie cells interest me. And I want to try to uh, offset them by moving. So. Um, starting with small steps, it could be a 20 minute walk, uh, hopefully outside to get vitamin D, boost your immunity, get bonded with nature, um, but just start small, move, celebrate life, hug, laugh and hum. Humming, I, I do that. 
got to do that more often with my with my little one. So. <laughs> there you go. And it's a, it's a valid reason. I, I suspect you have to break here, but your vagus nerve is a central nervous system. It's a cranial nerve that goes from your noggin to your gut. And it's kind of like your information superhighway. Hopefully uh, the Russians won't hack it, uh, but uh, I'm just joking. But uh, humming is a way to keep that uh, central nervous system going to align your mind and body to relax you. And um, hey, that's pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, yeah, hey, I folks, I'm being healthy. I'm humming. I'm not being, you know, <laughs> antisocial, you know. Uh, but yeah, humming is 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 proven to work on the vagus nerve, and it's it is true. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So it's just <laughs> so. Um, all right, Dave. So going to our second segment of the podcast here. This is what I call the Fast Five. Um, it's basically the same five questions asked all my guests. Okay. All right, Dave, are you ready? One sip, and then I will be. All right. Locked and loaded. First question, what's one hobby you enjoy? By far and away, messing with the grandkids, but uh, as a sport, it's rowing. Uh, big part of my livelihood, big part of my story, my journey, my rising from the ashes on September 11th, the sport of rowing. Okay. Next question, if you had to choose one person to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? I was a speechwriter for a bit. And I believe that we may be losing the power of the word a little bit. So um, speaking like Churchill is to me would be awesome. I mean, the guy, I don't, I'm not a gin drinker. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not much of a drinker anyway, but that guy was there at the right time to inspire a nation that against all odds, held on until America could get uh, mobilized and, and, uh, and defeat Hitler on the battlefields of uh, Europe. Uh, but uh, I'd have to say many, uh, many awesome people. You, it could be Lincoln, could be Washington. Uh, I haven't met Colin Powell, though I'd love to chat with him about his journey. Uh, golly, um, so many people. But if there was one long-winded answer, Sir Winston Churchill. Great, great uh, uh, personnel from the 20th century, definitely for sure. Uh, next question, Dave. Recommend a book for our audience to read. Any audience, but particularly if I know your listeners, it would be when uh, it's a science-based look uh, at uh, timing uh, by Daniel Pink, and that's like the color pink. When W H E N uh, talks about some people are night hawks, some people are early birds. Uh, when are the best times for your meetings in the office place? Jeff Bezos knows what's the best time for meetings at Amazon. He's done pretty well. <laughs> uh, so when is extraordinarily useful. Uh, Pink did a nice job. He didn't do it by himself, I'm sure. Uh, but I reference it in Kaboomer because I believe some people do better working out at particular times a day. Uh, if you want to set a personal record, it's not early in the morning, it's late in the afternoon. If you want to get in good cardio, it's like Jocko Willink. Do it in the morning like Navy SEALs do. So when is, uh, I, um, and hey, unpaid <laughs> uh, mention of Daniel Pink's book. It, it is awesome. And I would highly recommend when to everyone. Yeah. Make sure you guys check that out when. Uh, next question. What's your favorite quote and why? I'm not a tremendous Star Wars fan. I didn't watch all nine of those wonderful 
uh, episodes. <laughs> uh, but you know, isn't it interesting that uh, the, the vision of Lucas and Spielberg to come up with uh, that, uh, the characters from Star Wars, that little shriveled guy, do or do not, there is no try. I mean, and, and we know that from the military, it's, it's results, right? It's mission success, uh, hopefully ethically, tactically without loss, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, that's, it's almost like a haiku, isn't it? Yoda, uh, a Jedi, and, you know, he's pretty powerful. It wasn't, you know, his age he used as a strength. Uh, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah, that's a great quote. Um, yeah, like yourself, I'm not a big Star Wars clan, but God, God, I agree with that. Great quote. Uh, last question here, Dave. Where do you see yourself in a year, five years, or even 10 years from now? Good Lord willing, uh, tactically a year from now, I hope to be doing what I'm doing, trying to excite people about staying well past 40, way past 40. I hope to be competing. I hope to be messing around uh, with the grandkids and making my wife a happy camper in, into our fifth uh, decade together. Uh, so that's one year. Five years, boy, um, I'll be, um, <laughs> I'll have to tap uh, getting back to fiscal uh, management, not physical banking, but fiscal banking. Uh, the powers that be in our government say I'm going to have to start to withdraw my um, IRA account. So I've got to uh, spend a little time figuring out what to do with my modest nest egg that corporate America and I have been able to um, uh, um, uh, assimilate and hopefully uh, pay my taxes, but not more than my share of taxes. So that's five <laughs> years. And then uh, just want to keep thriving and striving. It's a great day. You know, <laughs> there's so many great quotes by uh, comedians. Uh, Paul Reiner left us earlier, I believe this year in mid nineties, a wonderful comedian. And he said, you know, I, I get up a little slower than I used to, uh, but if I read the obituaries and I'm not, I'm not in it, in the obituaries, it's a good day. So <laughs> 10 years from now, I'm gonna be reading the obituaries and not find my name. So it's, uh, you know, we're gonna be dead for a long time. And I really uh, hope I've earned um, a, some more laps around the sun and hopefully make the world a little bit of a better place, uh, helping wounded warriors, uh, helping um, uh, underserved, uh, and uh, just trying to be uh, an example, and, uh, and thanking uh, this country for uh, letting me uh, get in the military, learn job skills, life skills, uh, meet my wife, get a GI Bill for my home, uh, funded my master's degree. Boy, um, I hope our nation will always recognize what um, the armed services do for this country. So uh, hopefully until the day I die, I'll, uh, every day will be Memorial Day and every day will be a day to uh, celebrate Veterans Day uh, and so on, Flag Day as well. So those three, Veterans Day, Flag Day, Memorial Day, until the day I die, the flag will go out, so. Amen to that, man. Uh, Dave, thank you for, for sharing your story. And, uh, you know, like to your point, to our point earlier, you know, as long as you're above ground, as long as you're still moving, uh, there's always, opportunity there's always a chance for you to do uh you know reach out for your goals uh, do do what you want to do man and uh i think you're a living example of that you know you're showing everybody especially the kaboomers like, like yourselves <laughs> and uh, a great example for for them as well um so dave before we go uh how can our audience member how can they stay in touch with you how can they support you well, I would love to extend my thanks to 
your uh, military listeners, uh, and this is a sincere offer. If you let me know, go to wellpast40, and that's spelled out F-O-R-T-Y, so wellpast40.com, fill out the contact form and just say, send Kaboomer. Uh, I'll get and, and give me and then, you know, we'll engage in conversation and get your address. I'll send you either an audio version, a Kindle version or a paperback version of this uh, journey of mine and maybe in, help you uh, line up your own resources and mindset to thrive and strive to party past 90. So wellpast40.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm not very good at social media, but I'm on Twitter at DEFP trainer. Uh, Instagram is Kaboomer Coach, and that's K's, Kaboomer, and then Coach with a K. Uh, on Facebook, it's Facebook, Well Past 40. And uh, email Dave at Well Past 40. I'd be honored to send uh, to anyone who is steely eyed enough to opt in. I do have a text space um, uh, tickler system for tips, hips, and hacks for fitness and wellness tips. And I add to that with my own uh, blogs. So um, there are um, this Navy veterans uh, attempts to encourage others to live longer and live better by text, uh, by email, by reading, by listening, and just um, saddle up and, and move out. Motion is medicine. So that, motion is medicine. Um, I got some great quotes here. Physical banking. Make sure you always contribute to that uh, so that you can continue to party past 90 amen well past your 40 right uh dave i appreciate you for sharing your story and uh you know just sharing us your passion and and, and your purpose and and your second service after after the navy and um you know guys gals kaboomers make sure you all reach out to him and on all the uh, social media pages uh go to wellpast40.com uh look him up on linkedin and on facebook uh well past 40 and on Instagram, you say Kaboomer Coach with K, and uh, you know, get some of that, uh, get some of that party past ninety and well past forty. Uh, Dave, thank you for sharing your story, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks for the opportunity to your listeners. God bless you, and uh, just uh, um, lifelong service. You'll do it. I know you will. All right. Take care, Dave. Hey everyone, Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortist-fidelis.com. And learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen. And make sure you guys go follow our social media on Facebook, FRTS, FDLS. Again, that's FRTS, FDLS. And on Instagram and Twitter at FRTS underscore FDLS. Again, that's FRTS underscore FDLS. And make sure you guys go subscribe, review, and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms. Till then, take care.